Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday night, but there's no guests tonight. We're going to talk about something um, I feel, and I've mentioned this topic before on the show, um, but something that doesn't get enough discussion um, in our society today, which is, you know, parental rights and, you know, the laws regarding, you know, child custody, um, child support, all of these things that go into, um, you know, typically family court. Um, so Tennessee is fighting back. Tennessee has finally taken a stand and decided that, um, falsifying parental records is now going to be a crime. And we're going to go over how that plays into it. We're also going to talk about um, the federal legislation that will require you to have an ID, potentially require you to show your driver's license, to watch anything on the internet, to access certain things that they deem controversial on the internet, to keep children from looking at it. They're censoring. They are literally censoring the internet by requiring ID to access it. We'll get into that in a few minutes. Those are adorable fucking kids, if I do say so myself. Um, <clears throat> so the first thing I'm going to discuss is something uh, near and dear to my heart and a lot of the men I, that I know. Um, we're going to talk about Tennessee House Bill uh, 2689. Tw uh, Tennessee House Bill, if you, okay, well, we'll get into reading the actual, what's on the website. It's not much. Um, but then I'll get into, I'll show you some footage and some news articles coming out about this bill and what we're looking for this legislative cycle and what we're hoping will come out of this. There's some horrible uh, stuff tied to it, but there's also some good stuff tied to it. So we'll take the good with the bad. Um, you can't hope for perfect legislation in this world anymore because there's no such thing. But we will we'll get into it here in a second. Um, I do want to show this bill, how it's initially proposed. And why it matters, and you'll you'll see in a second. So, do this one, okay? So Tennessee House Bill twenty six eighty nine was from the last legislative cycle, so it's from twenty twenty two. It's when it started twenty twenty. Uh, sorry, not the last, but the most uh, the one before the previous one. Um, so it started in twenty two, and then it moved into twenty three. Um, and 23 is when it really picked up a lot of uh, fluff onto the bill. And I call it fluff because it's not a part of the original bill. The original bill was Children's Services Department of, as introduced, changes from March 1st to March 31st, the day before which the department must appear before the Judicial Judiciary Committee of the Senate and the Civil Justice Committee of the House of Representatives for a review of the policies of the department amends TCA Title 37. What does that mean? So essentially what it's saying is it's changing the date in which the Department of Ch uh, the, the heads of the Department of Children's Services must appear before the Tennessee State Senate and give their their brief essentially their their update 
um, to the, the the state senate. What this what this what this was and what this has become is very very different. Um, essentially, what we've seen is this bill has grown into a an attack on the current status quo on how fathers are assigned on the birth certificate. So the first thing we'll get into is the bad. What the proposal would do is require, if you are now preface this with, it's only for unmarried couples. If you're married, whoever you're married to is immediately granted fatherhood of the child, no matter what in the state of Tennessee, um, unless you can prove that um, it's not. Anyway, we'll not get into that. We're, we're focused on unmarried couples who are having children in the state of Tennessee. The bill would require, in order for the state to recognize you as a father on the birth certificate, you would be required to take a DNA test to prove your paternity of that child. Here's why it's bad. Even if you know for 100% without a shadow of a doubt that that is your kid, you still have to prove to the government that that is your child. That is not a good thing. If the state is granting you the ability to legally be the father of a child, that's not a good thing because, as we know, they can easily tack on other things to it. For example, like these, these will, you know, be extreme examples, but let's say you're a felon and they say, you know what, you're a, you're a crack dealer. We don't want you to be the father of this child because she's got no felonies. So we're going to just say, you're not going to be the father. When you give government power, that is the worst thing possible because they can always tie strings to it. They always have and they always will. That's not what they're saying in this bill, but that's, you know, obviously a potential risk. I don't think it's something real. I don't think it's substantial. I don't think it's anything to actually worry about. But giving the government the ability to say this birth certificate is not valid because you didn't do a DNA test, which they will obviously keep in a database and will use against you in some way, shape or form. Is not good. Because you're now being required to have children, you're being required to give up your DNA, which is the one thing that makes you guaranteed to be you, is your DNA. So, if you'd like to be the father of a kid, you have to give up your DNA. And you also have to get DNA from the child and the mother to compare the three and see who's what. Um, and what the claim is, is that it's estimated, we don't know for certain the actual numbers, but one in three children born in the state of Tennessee outside of wedlock is not the actual child of the father who signed the birth certificate. That's in the country, not just Tennessee. Well, it was, yeah, it was Tennessee that I'm looking at specifically, though. But yes, yeah, she's right. It, it's estimated. So the numbers are really weird. Um, it's kind of like gun violence stats, right? Like the numbers aren't consistent across the board. It depends on who did the study and where they did the study. It, it ranges from one third to almost, uh, you know, almost 40%. No, it's 20 to 30. Okay, I guess you did more research than me. But um, it, it, the, the numbers range, depending on where you look at it, It we're not going to get too tied down on that. So one, and I'll, one third is the number we'll stick with because that's the number that is most commonly used. So one third of children born in the state of Tennessee are not the child of the father on the birth certificate. Now, there's some there's studies that they've done. There's some kind of weird information that they've gathered. 
whether the mother knows that or not is the other question. Now, here's where it gets important. These all, and this is not just the state of Tennessee, all states require that there be a father on the birth certificate or almost always require that there be a father on the birth certificate for simple reason. Number one is child support. And that's the only reason the state cares. Each state is granted funds from the federal government for child services through um, through child support. And basically the way it works is they match whatever the state brings in in child support because not all of it goes to the mother. Like it, So if you miss payments and you're fined, that money goes to the state, not the mother. So it's a whole racket. It's it's, and we'll get it. We'll I'll show you a video where they have admitted this. The, the the Department of Child Services in the state of Tennessee has admitted that they would potentially lose funds if this bill goes into effect. Which I'm all for. Any any way that the state loses money is is something good in my book. Um, but that's that's why they and they will always find whoever they can to pin child support on. Because they want to guarantee that the money is going to come from one hand into theirs. Um, even if they know that you're not the father, they do not care. They will still force you to pay child support. And the the, the reason behind the bill, the, the House member from Memphis um, has said, is basically it's not to detract from child support. It's not to remove funds from mothers or from the state. It's to guarantee that whoever they are pinning the fatherhood on the, the you know paternity on is the correct father they're, they're not wanting to just find whoever the male figure in that area is and just pin it on them they want the actual father of the child to be paying child support which i don't agree with child support in in of itself in many ways is a racket um because it's not about the children it's not about the mother it, there are tons of men who pay child support under the table outside of the state to their kids because it is important but the state has no interest in taking care of kids. It has no interest in taking care of the mother. All it's interested in is making sure that it makes money, that you are late on payments, so you pay these fines, you pay court costs, things that go back to the state. That So this bill, it's not erasing any child support. It's not removing the blame from fathers. It's taking the blame from people who aren't the father and putting it on the father. Uh, the actual father of the child. The other thing that it looks to do, in my opinion, that no one's mentioned, is it it will call out women who are being dirty, who are doing the wrong thing, who are saying, "Oh, that's my baby daddy," when he's in fact not, because she's you know she's gone out and done things, she's been promiscuous, she's you know she's thrown it out there, but she's not being honest about who the actual father is because maybe the guy she's with makes more money or maybe the guy she's with is nicer to her and doesn't beat on her, whatever the hell the case is. Maybe he's not a crackhead. Maybe he's not a meth head in the state of Tennessee. It needs to come down to, um, it basically what the bill will do is it'll force women to be honest about who the father is, even if they don't know. I'm, I'm, even even if they're not being malicious, even if they don't know who the father of the child is, because maybe they went out and had fun, was with a couple guys within a week span, doesn't know who it is, this will help narrow it down. Because um, maybe the guy doesn't know that he's got a kid, and maybe he wants to be involved in the kid's life. Once again, I'm not promoting the fact that the state is requiring you give up your DNA or forcing you to give your DNA to be considered a father 
And that's what this bill does. It will require you to give up your literal DNA to for the state to recognize you as a parent, whether or not you are the father. That's the insane part of this bill. That's the, the biggest detractor of this bill is the fact that they want to say you can't be a legal guardian or a legal parent of this child unless we deem that you're legal to. That's that's really the big downside of this. The upside is still fathers who are or father figures, I'll say, who aren't the actual biological father of the child, who have been paying child support, who aren't being allowed to see the kids are no longer going to be required or are no longer going to be abused by not only the mother, even if it's not the mother, the state. In a lot of ways, the state is promulgating this because of funds, because of a monetary incentive for the state to do it. Um, we'll get into a video here in a second. Uh, it was a, uh, a news clip um, where a, where the uh, House member who was introducing this bill tells a story about a young man who was required to pay child support on a child that the judge knew was not his. The judge had admitted it's the, it's not your kid, but we're gonna someone's got to pay for the kid, and it's going to be you. And that's exactly what the uh, the judge said. And that's it's just, it's not only despicable, it's criminal, and it is not justice, and it is not fair. And we'll get into that here in a minute. Um, it's just it's crazy. I don't I don't understand how these laws have gone under the radar for so long, and maybe because nobody cares. Men, a lot of men's rights don't get acknowledged publicly anymore because whatever X, Y, or Z reason. Um, we've seen, we have, I will say this, we have seen a massive shift in family courts to not towards the father, but closer to equal. Not quite equal yet, but we're seeing a move towards equal, which is great for a lot of fathers out there. Um, so, and I do want to get into this news article. It's not this one. It's this one here. So it's an actual clip. I'm hoping that the audio works on this. It worked earlier. Nothing ever works when I try to do it live. No, that one. All right. Then unmarried men from claiming a child that isn't biologically their own is making its way through the Tennessee legislature. Action News 5's Bria Bolden spoke with the local lawmaker behind this bill to find out why he believes the law is needed. Bria? Well, Joe, House Bill 2698 passed through the Children and Family Affairs Subcommittee today now, but it didn't come without a challenge from the Tennessee Department of Human Services. Memphis Representative Antonio Parkinson is sponsoring the House version of this bill, and he told me today he has spoken with constituents who said they have had to foot the bill for child support even after finding out a child they originally thought was theirs was not. He presented the magistrate with the DNA findings. The magistrate said, somebody got to take care of him, referring to the child, and it's going to be you, and gaveled him out. Memphis Representative Antonio Parkinson is sponsoring House Bill 2698 that would require DNA evidence proving paternity before a man signs a birth certificate for a child that may not be biologically his. The state has been turning a blind eye to this by allowing people to sign blind. And so what he's doing, he's getting ready to go in to talk about, you know, why the bill's important and all these things. Um, but in all honesty, it is important because we need to know a, who the actual father of the child is for, for not only just for like childcare reasons, 
But for uh, medical reasons, a lot of children develop traits of both parents, you know, um, whether it's a genetic disease or, you know, like stuff like diabetes or, you know, cancer. Cancer, as we know, is tied to, you know, familial genes. Um, so it is important to know who the, the, the father and the mother of the child is, which if you've ever seen, you know, Yahoo questions, some women are dumb enough to ask if they're the mother, if the boyfriend's cheated, which is an insane question to ask, which just shows that sex ed in public schools doesn't work. But it, it really does come down to, it is important to know who the actual biological father of the kid is. It's not so much that you're saying, you know, because this child is four years old and has been fathered by someone else, that that person is not important. There are tons of fathers out there who aren't biologically um, the, the paternal DNA donor for the child. I'm not taking away from these fathers. What we're saying is it is important to know because we need to know for health reasons. Sometimes the mother, you know, is in a financial struggle and does need the support. I don't see how that works in today's society. A lot of child support had an argument back, you know, 40, 50 years ago when women either A, weren't working or B, really didn't have well-paying jobs, um, good paying jobs. Um, but I'll let them finish. Finally without any proof of, of DNA association to this child, which is allowing people to be guilty, or in some cases, of paternity fraud, which is a crime. However, the Tennessee Department of... And so right here, this is going to talk about um, how the... And these are the, the, the heads for the uh, child, uh, children's services in the state of Tennessee. And they're going to talk about, you know, they're they're planning on losing you know what is 50 60 million dollars a year in federal funds why is the federal government paying money to the state of tennessee for child support and they're worried they are legitimately worried that they're going to lose tens of millions of dollars in funding over this bill and what will let it keep, let it keep going. Human Services says if made into law, their department could be at risk of losing about $52 million in federally matched dollars. Uh, I guess the concerns that we have is that um, the bill would uh, possibly put us out of compliance with the federal regulations. After speaking with attorneys from the U.S. Department of Human Services, Representative Parkinson says the bill would not affect the money the state receives. It's only right and the moral thing to do, an ethical thing to do, to ensure that the right people's names that match their DNA is on that birth certificate. Other, anything other than that, you are stealing a child from a biological parent and it's state sanctioned. Now, the Senate version of... All right, we're done with that. Okay, so... It does essentially come down to the simple fact that it is a... And so it does tie into another bill. Another bill that was passed, um, I believe, in 22, 2022. Um, and the bill basically states that committing paternity fraud is a crime and punishable with by jail or prison time um, and paternity fraud is essentially claiming that someone is the father of a child knowing having known full well that that is not the father of the child so for example for all my all my military vets out there jody we'll just say that 
say you've been on deployment for 18 months. You come home, your wife's got a brand newborn, three months old, but she claims that you're a child. The math, look, I'm not great at math. I'm, I'm lucky I graduated high school, let alone can do math. But nine or actually 10 months does not add up to more than 18 months. So stuff like that, where women are swearing up and down that he is the biological father of the child. And many times those fathers, in order to disprove that that child is theirs, has to pay out of pocket for DNA testing for not only himself, but the child as well, to prove that that is not his child and therefore should not have a financial responsibility. And some men, obviously, still choose to have the financial burden because, you know, that they believe in raising that child correctly. They feel like they can do it better whatever you choose um but what what this will what it'll do is it'll force basically women from potentially committing a crime and yeah protect them from committing a crime of paternal uh um falsification um uh, falsifying government documents and saying that oh he's the child father of my child even though I know that he's not because you know he makes hundred thousand dollars a year but the guy whose actual child it is he works at mcdonald's and makes twenty five thousand a year whatever um because i'm gonna get more money out of this guy who makes a hundred thousand than twenty five thousand so it, it 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 benefits both sides it prevents women from committing the crime um or it makes it harder for them to commit the crime but it also protects men who would be the potential father from just signing away you know 18 years for a child that's not actually biologically his so it's it's a it's a hard stance. It's it's a weird bill because, like I said, supporting the government saying that you are not a father of a child unless we deem that you are is horrendous. It's a horrible. It's a horrific thing. It is terrible and disgusting. And not only just that, it's just downright unethical. But on the flip side, it does protect the rights of both the father and the child of knowing the truth. So take whatever stance you want to on this. Um, I'm actually kind of in favor of the bill just for the simple fact that I know guys who have paid child support for part 25, 30 years on kids. They're not even certain it's theirs, but they pay the child support anyways because that's what the law says. That's what courts have said. And the example that he gave in front of the house, um, the, the uh, house rep from Memphis, he stated that he has heard testimony from people around the state who have said, the judge said, it doesn't matter whose kid it is, you're going to be responsible for it, no matter what. And that's, that's it's just indicative of the, the family court system in America these days. It's getting better, but it's not good enough. Is this a good step in the right direction? I don't know, maybe. We, it's hard to say. Um, if they pass the bill, we'll find out. If they don't, then we won't. But that's just kind of where we come down to on this. It really, so, okay. So, do a little background. The bill was originally introduced to the legislature by Antonio Parkins from Memphis, who is the rep, who represents part of Shelby County. Uh, Parkinson in, introduced it to the Tennessee House on January 18th, and Senator John Lundberg of Bristol, which is my uh, district, um, brought it to the state Senate on January 23rd, which Lundberg and... Uh, Parkinson are Democrats and Republicans. 
this is a bipartisan bill at this point. So the likelihood that it gets passed is extremely high, just right off the rip. Lumberg is a is a long-term career Republican in the state of Tennessee. So is uh, Antonio Parkinson. I, I find it hard to believe that this bill doesn't pass. The only way it doesn't is if it gets just absolutely bombarded with amendments and it just weighs it down into a, a crap pile, which it is liable to do. But we'll see. Um, and this is specifically... I'm sorry. This is actually the uh, the parentage fraud bill. This is the one that's already passed. Yeah, okay. So it goes on to say, under the bill, parentage fraud could also be when someone seeks to to legally establish as a child's parent and the person knows or should reasonably know that they are not the child's biological parent. So it's it's not even just, you know, women who are saying that he's the father, and I know he's not. It's men who are saying, oh, I'm the father of that kid. I know it's not mine. I've been gone for 18 months, and the, 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 the baby's a month old. I know it's not mine, but I'm going to say it's mine anyways. So it does target both sides on it. More Obviously, there's one side that's going to be targeted more. I don't think there's too many men out there who are, and I don't know the stats on it. Someone can absolutely correct me on this. I don't know the stats on it, but I don't foresee a lot of men claiming children that aren't biologically theirs um, in, a, in a legal sense. So that is Tennessee House Bill. What is that? Oop, hit the wrong button. Oh, my God, I'm blowing up here. Uh, the Tennessee House Bill 2689. Um, as it develops, I'll give updates. I'm not going to do another full episode on it or half episode on it. But as it updates, um, I'll drop it on Twitter. Um, if you don't follow me already, go to at ATFV bootleg. Um, I'm probably going to expedite the timeline in which we remove ourselves from Facebook. We're probably not going to be on Facebook more than another couple of months. I've pretty much just avoided posting on there. The only time I'm really posting on there is when I'm advertising episodes and even that's kind of fallen off. So I think we're just going to, we're going to bail on the the sinking ship that Facebook is and just, uh, well, we'll stick with, uh, you know, Twitter, we'll stick with Twitch, we'll stick with YouTube and that's where we'll be going live. And then obviously, you know, we'll still do the podcast platforms, you know, all of these here. You know, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. Obviously, Facebook is going to go away. I'll update that when it happens. Um, I haven't really decided when it's going to happen. I'm I'm feeling like I'm just going to get froggy one day and just say, you know what, I'm done. If you want to find us, find us on YouTube. I prefer that you subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit the notification bell. That's where um, I want to start pushing the show to. I want to start being more involved on youtube it's been neglected quite a bit and i want to change that um obviously youtube is not the arbiter of freedom and the first amendment but it's still in in my opinion better than facebook there is um obviously monetization uh options available on youtube if we get that big don't know that we have a real i'm not going to do it for the money i do it for the fun i do it for you know the people that we talk to on a regular basis like liz I think that's how I met Liz was through this podcast. She started commenting and I ended up running into her somewhere. Um, but it's just <clears throat> Facebook's done. I mean, it's, it's a cesspit unless you are an extreme left wing 
propagandist who is pushing communism, socialism, and universal basic income, it's not a house for you anymore. You're not welcome on their platform, and they've made it they've made it very air apparent that they don't want to stay. So I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to stay in someone's house that I'm not welcome in. So find us on YouTube. Uh, just search Not a Real Podcast or on all the platforms, social media platforms, there is a link tree that will take you to the YouTube. Subscribe, hit the notification bell set to always on so that you know when we go live and when there's notifications. Follow us on Twitter at ATFV Bootleg or at Not a Real Pod. Um, that's how you'll find us. That's how you'll know when there's a new show coming out. That's how you'll know who's coming on next week. Who's coming on next week? Jacob Johnson from the Rise of Liberty podcast. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a discussion. It'll be fun. Are you ever letting Susie back on? Who's Susie? She's in my basement. She's she's in the basement with Will. I locked her in there with Will. No one ever leaves. No one leaves. Anyways, um, so on to some really depressing news, which is this bill here. It is U.S. Senate Bill 1409. And of course they gave it a really good sounding name. Like the Kids Online Safety Act. COSA. COSA. K-O-S-A. It does anything but protect children online. So essentially, and we'll go through it here, this bill sets out requirements to protect minors from online harms. The irony of a bunch of pedophiles setting requirements to protect minors from online harm is hysterical. That's like it's like giving a fox the key to the hen house. That's exactly what that is. You're saying the fox should absolutely protect my hens. Anyways, uh, the requirements apply to covered platforms, which are applications or services, social media. So social networks is what they define it as. The, the, that connect to the internet and are likely to be used by minors, which is every social media platform on the planet, from Twitter to TikTok to Facebook to Instagram. Every single social media platform will be covered under this bill if it passes. Now, what they're saying is, however, the bill exempts Internet service providers, email services, educational institutions, and other specified entities from the requirements. Obviously, um, recruiting pages like GoArmy.com won't have that requirement. Uh, they want to make sure that they get their poor kids uh, in line to get their, their free ship before they go die in, you know, whatever the next war is, probably in Ukraine or Russia or Taiwan. Additionally, terror platforms must provide, one, minors or their parents or guardians with certain safeguards, such as settings that restrict access to minors' personal data, and two, parents or guardians with tools to supervise minors' use of a platform, such as control of privacy and account settings. How are they going to regulate who's a, who's a minor and who's an adult? Because obviously you can just lie. You can say, oh, yeah, I'm 18. Click. We're good. That's not what they're going to do. They, they don't specifically say anywhere in this bill that you will be required to show identification. But when you go online to purchase something that is age-restricted, whether it's alcohol or tobacco or firearms or ammunition, what do they use? They use your government ID, which is your driver's license or your passport, to prove that you're over the age of 18 or over the age of 21, whatever the requirement is. So I'm not certain how they think they're going to regulate this without that. 
but that's that's almost guaranteed to be the way that they regulate it. So here's it goes on a little more. Covered platforms must also disclose disclose specified information, including details regarding the use of personalized recommendation systems and targeted advertising, which they'll never fucking do. That'll get struck out before it ever goes anywhere. Can you zoom in on that at all? It's like microscopic. Is it? Yeah. Oh, it is. Holy crap. Okay. So, covered platforms must also disclose specified information. All right, we did that one. Uh, it must also allow parents, guardians, minors, and schools to report certain harms. It never goes on to specify exactly what all those harms are. It just says harms. So, in the bill, it does kind of give like a brief overview of like, you know, child trafficking or anything, you know, um, that they see as dangerous to children. What they also do is they leave it super vague and they do specify um, controversial topics. So saying, even though I don't agree, it's saying that the moon landing was fake or saying that COVID was created in a lab or saying things that go against the public narrative that the government's putting out, they will now be able to prevent kids from seeing it. They will prevent your children from learning truths that they don't want them to know. Because who's going to determine what, what what is harmful to children? It's not going to be the parents. If we've seen anything in the last 10 years, it's not going to be the parents who have the ability to prevent their kids from seeing these things. It's going to be the government. It's going to be it's going to be the educational institution. It's going to be schools, going to be colleges. They are going to regulate what your children can learn and cannot learn online. Period. There will be tons of information that will be blocked from children viewing because they don't have a driver's license. They can't fake it. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if as a parent you give access to a child to information that is considered harmful, it will either be treated as child abuse or the uh, contribution to a delinquency of a minor. The same way giving alcohol to a child under the age of 21 is treated. That's exactly how they will treat it. I promise you. It also goes on to say annual or annually report on foreseeable risks of harm to minors from using the platform. They will get so much worse at destroying information. Destroying information on the internet. Point blank. Facebook, if you think Facebook's bad now, if this bill passes, anything that's controversial will be 100% wiped from the platform. If you say Anything out of line from the, the official narrative, you are gone, period. One other thing that it will do, um, and it doesn't talk about it in this one, I don't believe. Nope, we'll get into that one here in a little bit. Um, that's a whole other rant. Um, but the bill provides for enforcement through the FTC and states. So the Federal Trade Commission, which is the, which was only designed to regulate goods coming in and out of the United States to prevent, you know, I really don't even know what they think they were originated, originally created for, but giving the FTC the ability to regulate what your kids can and cannot see is a horrible idea. None of their job it involves children currently. Like, yeah, they regulate toys or baby food or whatever. But they're not experts on children. The government's not experts on children, but they will give the FTC 100% the ability to regulate your children. What are you saying? 
I'm on the summary. I'm. I see about all the settings and safeguarding. Where do you did you read on the whole bill, where it says they're going to alter the information? Because everything in the summary just talks about settings and not getting minors' personal data. So, when it talks about so the the easiest way, the reason I bring that up, that's a good that's actually a good question. The reason I say that they will start wiping data is simple. It is easier to just get rid of the information than to try and regulate it on the platform. As we've seen, the government has already been bribing not only Twitter, but also Facebook with money to regulate data, um, to, to regulate what people can see and can't see. So to think that this bill will, will not incentivize, you know, Facebook or Twitter or YouTube or, you know, whatever social media platform you want to talk about, you know, TikTok to remove information that would potentially cause them damage from the FTC is, is it, it, it's, it's not realistic. They're going to do whatever they can to keep themselves out of trouble with the FTC and the federal government, because if children access this data and they feel like there was negligence on the part of the, you know, the, the social media provider, whether it be Facebook or Twitter or whatever, they will go after those companies. They will say Facebook was negligent. You didn't have enough safeguards in. Now children are seeing the truth about COVID, that it wasn't just this magical thing that was just murdering people. There were very certain outlying conditions. We created it in a lab. Dr. Fauci helped create it. They now know the truth, and we're going to blame you for it. And Facebook is going to have to take it, take its lickings in front of Congress. So they're not going to risk that. They're not going to risk putting themselves in, in the way of harm. They're just going to get rid of the information, and they'll say, oh, it's not our fault. Don't blame Facebook. We didn't do it. It's this bill that passed. If you want to blame someone, blame them. And the federal government said, yeah, we don't give a shit. We don't give a shit what you want. We never have. Oh, banks are failing? <sighs> Hundreds of billions of dollars. Oh, you're starving on the street? Don't worry about it. Ukraine, you need another 80 billion? That's fine. So I don't see any way that it doesn't end up with Facebook or Twitter throttling information even harder than they already are. And I can get into the next bill, which will absolutely prove that that is the end goal of what they're doing. So the next bill that I wanted to cover that I'll get to is this one. We still got a little bit of time. So this also has a fancy name because it sounds like they're going to do something good with it. And I'm not super well-versed on this bill, but we are going to talk about it a little bit because there are a lot of people out there who are super versed on it. They've done great videos on it. They've read through all the legislation, the pretext to it and all that. Um, not us. Well, I was, I was more focused on the original bill that I talked for a half an hour on, so. So, it's a joke. I got you. Um, Journalism, Competition, and Preservation Act of 2022. Let me tell you what it's not doing. It's not protecting open journalism. It's not protecting free speech. It's not protecting com competition in the free market. So, we'll, we'll read through the, the summary here, and then we'll get into the, the kind of the nitty-gritty of it. This bill sets out a process through which certain broadcasts or digital news providers may collectively no negotiate with covered online platforms, i.e. social media companies, regarding the use of news providers' content by the platform. Specifically, the bill authorizes an eligible provider, e.g. one with no more than 15,000, 1,500 full-time employees, 
and non-network news broadcasters that engage in specified news practices to jointly form an entity with other eligible providers to negotiate the pricing terms and conditions by which certain online platforms use the provider's content. A covered platform is generally one that has at least 50 million monthly domestic users and two is owned or controlled by a person with either sales or market capitalization that exceeds a a specified amount or at least 1 billion monthly users worldwide. All that's just legal jargon trying to specify who's going to be covered and who's not. The bill establishes requirements concerning the formation, governance, operation, and termination of the joint negotiation entity. It also exempts from antitrust laws. It also exempts from antitrust laws certain actions by a joint negotiating entity, e.g. providers jointly denying a platform's access to the provider's content. The bill outlines requirements governing the conduct of the negotiations uh, negotiations by, for example, requiring the parties to negotiate in good faith. Additionally, the bill provides for private right of action if the requirements for a negotiation are not met and establishes requirements for arbitration in limited circumstances. All of that is just legal jargon for basically saying this will give news companies like the New York Times, the Washington Post, all of these news organizations, the legacy media, the ability to charge Facebook and Twitter for using their content. They are going to start forcing Facebook and Twitter to charge you to use their platform if you use it for news gathering. Here's what it's also going to do. Wait, what? So like if you... uh, Facebook has to pay the post to to post their article, right? Potentially. So that's what this will do is it'll it'll require Facebook to either pay them to use right. their 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 likeness and their their information that they're gathering on the platform because right. it used to be you know you paid for either cable news which is how right. they so it's allowing from. legacy media to monetize their online presence on social media yes got it so what, what it'll, you said about Facebook can't charge you it's either they you. They choose to get that relationship with the New York Post or they don't. Okay. So the, it, it's not real exact on how it ends up being. But basically, someone is fronting the bill for the New York Times to be on Facebook is essentially what it's going to happen. Because the New York Times is going to say, we want our cut of the, the monies that you're making off of our content that's on the website, whether we authorize it being on there or not, because people screenshot, you know, I do that, you know, screenshot a news article, put it on Twitter or Facebook, whatever. They're going to start charging Facebook for it. Yeah, it says eligible provider and covered platform. Yep. So now imagine. So where do you where do you get a lot of your really like fringe news that's not covered by the mainstream or legacy media? You get it from these third parties, these smaller entities. You get it from people like us that we're we're digging through news articles that people aren't talking about. We're finding this stuff because we are giving people the news potentially. Um, we could be required to be off the internet or off those platforms because they're worried that we may end up wanting to charge them for our content. What they're essentially doing is giving Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and all of them the ability to say, we don't want third-party 
news entities on our platform because we don't want to pay for their content? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, obviously, smaller companies such as ourselves or even yep. even the B, for example, they're pretty yep. big, but small, like not mainstream. Media. They're not going to want to pay tons of money to put content right. out. So is it worth more for a platform like Facebook to say, actually, no thanks, New York Times. I don't really care to pay for that relationship. I'd rather keep this relationship with all these different smaller ones that have all these views and are more monetarily po like positive. Do you think Facebook cares about the I truth know. or do you think they care about the relationship that they get with the New York Times? I think they care about money. I think that they care more about the relationship with the New York Times because if they give, if they do that, you know, you wash my back, I wash yours. The New York Times will report positively on Facebook. But then when you have all the all the podcasters like us, all the smaller media outlets that can't go on Facebook anymore, they lose so much more than they did by keeping the New York Times. Do they? Because the New York Times is already a massive news syndicate. Right. Nobody, they're, but they're already. Why, why are we popular at all then? Like not necessarily us, but the smaller news outlets at all. We're not nearly as popular. Even if you take the majority of third-party news outlets like us and just say you take every podcast in the world and combine it together the reach that the new york Times has is still outweighs us by a long shot so facebook will not choose its free you know potentially wrong information outlets that they'll deem as fake news over stuff like the new york post or the new york times i'm sorry the washington post or the new york times they will favor these large entities that have congressmen and senators in their pockets that are looking for a reason to crap on third-party media because guess what third-party media is how we found out from the rip that covid was manufactured in a lab that's how we found out that covid was absolutely used as an authoritarian tool it wasn't about your safety it was about control this the information that they're not giving you is coming from third-party sources and they're trying to wipe that out with this bill. They're trying to wipe it out no, with... Not, none of those third-party sources are big enough to fit this bill. They're a non-threat. It doesn't matter, though. But the bill is talking about eligible media providers or mainstream media providers monetizing their content through Facebook. Yeah, so it, it says... Not, not the little guys. They don't give a shit about the little guys. This is for the big guys to force Facebook to monetize with them. But so what they could potentially do, so, so it says specifically the bill authorizes an eligible provider. And so the, 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 no eligible provider. So that's actually like the platform. So like Facebook, it has. No, no, no. That's the covered platform. Eligible provider is. Eligible provider is yeah. the provider of the service. 1500 full-time employees and non-network news broadcasters. So that's the news company, the eligible provider. To jointly form an ent entity with uh -huh. eligible providers on certain online platforms, the covered platforms are the Facebooks. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, fifteen hundred full-time employees and non-network non-network news broadcasters that engage in specifically. Yeah. So it gives them the ability to say that we want funds. Major media outlets. Yes. yes. That's so. Yeah. So what it's doing is it's giving them the ability to say we want money for our content being out there. Right. And it's ignoring the little guys. But they do that anyway. So, But th what, what it's looking to do is it's looking to snuff out third-party information. Anyone who's not a major news outlet is looking to um, 
stomp out like you know people like us or people who aren't willing to fight with facebook to have their content on the platform because it says one with no more than 15,000, 1,500 full-time employees. I'll have to read into it. I'll double check the, I'll actually read the actual terminology of the bill, but everything that I've seen on this bill and what I've read through a little bit of, basically it's looking to snuff out third-party media. And I encourage people to go look at it. I mean, the bill's right here. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm just not getting that from it. I don't know. It's, I guess it's subject to interpretation. I mean, you can, you can read the actual because bill. Journalism, com journalism competition. I don't, I don't give a shit what the bill's called. I mean, the Patriot Act wasn't patriotic. Whatever whatever the bill says, immediately assume it's the opposite. So if it's the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act, it's absolutely snuffing out competition. It's not preserving shit. So it's saying no more than 1,500. So it is giving a chance for medium-sized media outlets like the B to, to monetize. No, the B's definitely got more than 1,500. Okay, so even smaller then. It's giving them a chance to monetize. I'll have to double check this. I mean, that's just because as far as, as what it says, the summaries that I've read on this is essentially, and I did say I didn't read too much into this, but essentially it's going to snuff out small media and give large media the ability to just be the only source of information on Facebook and Twitter and all that. I encourage anyone to go look at it, but, um, Now it gives me the comment section. Hey, yo, YouTube's comments, live comments are weird. It's not great. I don't oh, think. She's on YouTube. Good. Yeah, I don't think Clubhouse is ever going to be a thing. It was like a thing for 20 seconds. Yeah. She said, if we ever resurrect Clubhouse, I'm like, that's not. <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> Even uh, Roger is moving off of Clubhouse onto Twitter, which is impressive. I thought he'd never yeah. do that. I won't go to Twitter either. All we have is YouTube and TikTok now, buddy, unless we want to bring Clubhouse back from the grave. Uh, Clubhouse is basically so dead. Like, the, the bones have already decayed. That's how dead it is. It's been dead for so long. So. Well, that was fun. Um, go read the bill. I encourage you to read it. If I'm wrong, I fully encourage you to challenge me on it. Um, I don't know that much about that particular bill. I didn't read it cover to cover. It's a long, tenuous bill. I know Hannah Cox did some work on it. Um, she does a great job breaking it down. She read it cover to cover. Um, I know there's a couple other people. I want to say, oh, I can see his face. I can't think of his name, um, who also does a great breakdown on it, who's an actual lawyer. Um, who, re who read the bill cover to cover. Um, the Free Speech Center says it's designed to help beleaguered news outlets find fresh revenue to support local news operations after years of declines. So it's helping your local guys, like your local stations, beef up. And this is a, a 1A dedicated site saying that's what it's doing. Is it? I don't know. Like, uh, that's what I'm reading. I don't know. Well, that would be good. Let's let's do that Sunday night. Bootleg and Susie. Oh, you won't be here. Next bootleg and Susie, we can we can have this discussion. We can both read the bill and go at it. 
I don't think there's anything to go at. Like, I, I trust the the sources that I'm getting information from far better than major outlets no, like is that. A, this is a side, just a 1A dedicated blog in, in favor of it. Okay. Well, I'll have to do some more research on it. I don't think I'm wrong on this. I don't trust the don't federal government. you've chosen a side because you don't know enough. I think you're expanding on it before you understand it. I think I trust the government so little that <laughs> they're full of shit and I don't I don't trust their intentions with it. We've already seen that they've called any news that they don't they don't approve of fake news. I don't know why they would be trying to pass a bill that would bolster news articles or news sources that are arguing against what they're doing. Arguing against what they're saying. I don't trust it. It's it's absolute horseshit. And if it is just for local news outlets, those are syndicated outlets for major news companies. So it's still it's still a mouthpiece. That's what I'm saying. For it looks like they're helping smaller news outlets that might have different views, but they're not. Yeah. That's what I just kind of got from it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we're gonna call it. Um, I've read a lot tonight. I did prove that I can sort of read. Comprehension apparently isn't my strong suit, according to Susie, but I can read. Anyways, uh, ladies, gentlemen, potato farmers, uh, we got to do this thing. We didn't do the ads tonight. Holy crap. Notrealpodcast.com, redemptiontactical.com, all of these things. Just do it. Uh, Lunatic Libertarian, go check him out. He does a podcast. It's on these platforms. Not a real veteran caucus, Libertarian Party Veterans Caucus, whatever. Boop, boop, boop. Boop. Now, did we get a green one in that box? I don't think so. I like the green. Anyways, ladies, gentlemen, potato farmers, um, I hope you have a good night. Go outside, touch some grass, have your fun. Go get you a gym membership. Don't sign up January 10th like everybody else and crowd the gyms. Go get your membership now. Go lift weights, go do something fun. Drink your daggone water. Good night, good liberty, and uh, see you around.